0: Welcome to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. As always, I am your host, Chris Lestrino, founder and CEO of Kingscrowd. Crowd. Inside Startup Investing is a number one podcast for learning about the best startups and investors in the online private markets. If you are a startup investor, this is a show for you. This podcast is powered by Kingscrowd's Crowd's proprietary rating technology that helps us to uncover the best founders and stories that you need to hear about before clicking invest. Now, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, LawCloud, the premier solution for founders to prepare to raise capital online. Whether you need to file a Form C, a Form 1A, or a subscription agreement, LawCloud provides the lowest cost, easiest to use toolkit for founders to make raising capital online easier than ever. Now, on to today's show. (laughs) I am joined by another Chris, Chris Lindsay, who is the CEO of Manta Biofuel. Manta Biofuel is a really, really cool company. Um, If you care about, you know, our earth and finding new and innovative ways to take care of it, um, this is a company that I think you will find very interesting. Uh, It lies really at the intersection of kind of uh, new power sources as well as cleaning up our waterways, um, and it and it kind of converges in the middle of those two, which he will do a much better job of explaining than I will. Um, so, with that, I want to kick it off and send it on over to Chris. Chris, thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Chris, great to meet you. Uh, great, uh, thank you very much for having us. I uh, really, really appreciate the opportunity.
0: No problem. And and for those who are not watching. Um, it appears as though you're in a, in a relatively interesting space, a, a bit of a, a factory of some sort or something. Can you tell us where you're at right now?
1: Absolutely. We're in our lovely laboratory area. You know, it's a sort of no-frills uh, situation here. Uh, it's basically converted warehouse space um, that we're trying to get every possible uh, nook and cranny used for, for our development purposes. That's really cool. Um, well, to kick it off, Chris, can you tell us really what Manta Biofuel is all about and what you all do? So Manta was actually started as a as a biofuels company. And uh, we can get into this whenever you want, Chris, but and, and talk about a bit of, bit of the pivot that we made. But um, we started as a biofuels company, and really over the last uh, 18, 24 months, we've evolved the company more into the direction of water remediation. And we've got some fantastic technology that we can utilize um, to address acute water pollution issues. So uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. I'm really excited to tell you more about it.
0: Before we get into that, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't mind telling us a little bit about uh, the background of the founder of the organization and how this company came to be. Sure,
1: absolutely. So my background, I, I uh, basically grew up in the biotech world. I started, uh, been uh, now amazingly, I guess it's just about 30 years in biotech. Um, everything from working on the bench to driving business sides of things. So, um, you know, that for me, you know, the ability to, to actually take an idea, a concept um, from the bench to something that is a commercially viable um, offering out there has really been my passion. And so that's one of the things that really certainly drew me to, to Manta. Manta as a whole, it was founded by uh, Ryan Powell, Dr. Ryan Powell. Um, as a as a uh, an extension or or culmination of his Ph.D. work that he was doing at the University of Maryland, um, where he was studying the use of microalgae as a source of biofuels, and actually as part of that, is, so there's the biofuels component, growing the algae, then there's also the component of harvesting the algae from from ponds, um, which uh, obviously for for fuel, any anything dealing with fuels has to be as low cost as possible. So. Um, it was sort of those two key parts that helped drive the the foundation of, of Manta. Ryan himself is a, he's a uh, uh, I think comes from a fourth generation farm family in Ohio, uh, which is one of uh, his fantastic traits. I mean, he has the he's an, an extremely practical guy, um, exceptionally smart. Uh, sort of got everything from the, the the academic PhD side to things to the farmer practicality that this sort of helps us blend everything together. You talk a little bit
0: about the fact that you've all kind of had a a pivot within the business. Can you talk to us about what that looks like? Sure,
1: absolutely. So we started off as biofuel. So the the, the concept was we're going to grow algae in huge open ponds, um, then uh, recover that algae from these ponds using some proprietary technology for magnetic separation. And I, I can get into that in a second, Chris. Um, and then the algae that we then harvested would then be converted to biofuels with some uh, high temperature, high pressure uh, equipment. Um, pretty pretty interesting stuff as as we went along. Um, last year, well, I guess it was late 2021, we had just raised some additional funds through our, our first crowdfunding campaign. And we were sort of at an inflection point for us for the company. Um, it was evident that for us to really advance the biofuels uh, angle uh, the way we wanted to, the way we needed to, it was gonna take really significant investment, probably uh, orders of magnitude, more investment than we had been able to procure to that point. Um, also around the same time, we were doing some, some bench work and some development work using our magnetic separation technology um, to not only remove algae from from one of our ponds, but we were able to remove other quote-unquote, contaminants from our pond, and that included things like nitrates and phosphates, which, uh, as many people know, that that's actually one of the big problems that, that lead to um, algal blooms and things like that in nature. So you get too much, too much of this, these nutrients that are occurring in the nature, and you get these blooms that take off. So at that point, we were saying, okay, we have to really either in, drive investment really uh, massively to drive the uh, algal biofuels angle or we've got this interesting prospect with water remediation. And we made the decision to, to pivot into the water remediation side because that was our clearest path to accelerate revenue generation. So we basically said it's a long, long road to get to algal biofuels. Um, we're looking at this more mature technology that we have with our, our harvester or our, our magnetic separation Um And then we started to dig into that market. We said, okay, there's actually a a really nice market that we could build a a great business with in water remediation, addressing water pollution issues. And it also, quite frankly, um, scratched the itch that we have as a company for doing good. Um, You know, It it wasn't like we pivoted into something that wasn't having a a real impact for the world as it stands. So um, that was a bit of the pivot that we moved into. I'd like to just take
0: a couple steps back. So let's start with what is a biofuel? Why is it better for the Earth? Let's define that.
1: Basically, a biofuel is a renewable resource. So it's it's you're now using components as opposed to fossil fuels, which are you know basically one and done, right? So uh, we all know that that's coming from you know long decayed matter that is uh, going to be used for your fuel now. Um, Biofuels is something that's renewable. Um, and so in our particular case, the, the idea was to look at algae as the source of, of carbon because uh, it all sort of boils down to carbon and then a carbon source. Um, and so using algae as your carbon source as opposed to hydrocarbons uh, is, is the way to go. Um, and so that, that's really sort of the, the primary difference for a biofuel versus, you know, other hydrocarbons. Now we know what a biofuel
0: is. Can you talk a little bit about why? There's such a long road to
1: biofuels maybe being adopted at larger scale. I'm sure you and your listeners well know, uh, when it comes to the fuel market, it really is all about economics, right? You have to have massive, massive scale to be able to be successful um, in that market. Frankly, that was a big part of the technology development from our perspective um, around our magnetic separation, because we, we were trying to scrape out and shave out every possible cost uh, uh, in the production of biofuels. Um, even with that, the, the, the cost factor is still significantly high. I mean, we're fighting against uh, a well-established paradigm that has great economies of scale, I mean, enormous economies of scale that, that really are uh, a real challenge to kind of overcome. Um, we we were very optimistic about our ability to overcome it sort of with the general approach for biofuels that we're taking rather than, you know, in one of my previous lives, I worked for a company that we were actually growing uh, algae and steel fermenters. So it was all about converting you know, the, the the sugar that we were feeding in into something that was closer to, to biofuels that we could use at the most economical way. The The, the, the route that Ryan took was basically, hey, we're just going to have a field, a field with a big pit in it. Um, we're going to feed it manure and other nitrogen sources, so as cheap as you could get, uh, grow algae in this in this pit, recover the algae as cheaply as possible. Even then, the economics are so so challenging. So that that's that's I think from my perspective is one of the the big areas we ultimately will need to overcome to 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 get to successful biofuels.
0: And one more question on this, and then we'll move on to kind of the the pivot. But mm-hmm. When it comes to biofuels, is there a world so is there a world you know down the road um, I know we're talking about electric cars and things like yeah. that that are starting to really emerge and become more prominent but at the same time right there's there's also a lot of questions of well what are the sources that are fueling the electricity that goes into those electric cars and you still need to solve that issue um, right. so is there a world where biofuels can become a prominent source? of being the fuel that powers things or powers the things that lead to electric
1: cars and things like that? I think there are specific markets that it's difficult for me to see any way to get around it other than um, a biofuels type approach. For example, airplanes, right? Um, the 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 amount of, of weight that you would need to carry in an airplane from a battery perspective is enormous. Um, you know, uh, ships, uh, you know, commercial ships, things like that. So, you know, while I, I, I think some of the greener technologies to replace much of um, our current fossil fuel dependency uh, are going to continue to grow and there's a path forward there, I think there's still, there are still massive markets that it's going to be difficult to overcome just from pure weight requirements uh, for some of our current technologies.
0: So now moving into this pivot that you've made, talk about, you know, was there existing technologies kind of already in place that you're utilizing? to enable kind of this new business line, which is really this water remediation and and cleaning up waterways?
1: Yes and no. Our technology is really based on two parts. Um, One is we utilize well-established wastewater treatment technologies. Chemistry that we use um, to treat water has been around for decades. Um, So the front half of our system um, is pretty straightforward. Um, The back half of our system, which is something that we developed and designed ourselves, patented, Um, is around this magnetic separation idea. That's really where, from our perspective, where the magic happens, um, you know, and allows us to be able to do the things in the water remediation, water pollution treatment side that others cannot do. So the magnetic separation side allows us to basically take the power of a large wastewater treatment facility um, and shrink it down into a mobile unit that is something that we can basically haul out in an eight and a half by 16 foot trailer and go immediately to a site to mitigate uh, acute water pollution issues.
0: What are some of the kind of early commercialized projects that you're focused on? Um, And I'm also curious, you know, there was so many years you're kind of working on the technology around mountain biofuel, and now it seems as though you're making a relatively quick pivot to be able to kind of go online and start working in a commercial sense. Um, So talk
1: to me about how you've been able to move so quickly to kind of pivot into this space. One, we have fantastic technology. So much of what we did in the early development phases to continue to optimize our separation technology um, was something that allowed us to really pivot pretty quickly into new applications with our technology. So I think that was a key component for us. Uh, I I think the other piece is you know, a big focus for us last year was really to take this concept of something we had out in the field that was, you know, sort of a bespoke system for our own purposes. It was great to then move to a system that we could produce a commercially viable platform with. Um, That took a great amount of effort and a lot of pain, sweat, and, uh, you know, and effort went into sort of making that pivot. But, you know, a lot of the early learnings that we had on the biofuel side, we were able to then apply to what we wanted to do and sort of extend upon those Um, as we were making the pivot into the water remediation side. One of the things that we did last year was really, you know, focus on uh, applying the technology and getting it into a system that was commercially viable. And then what we did is, you know, we're a very strongly science-based organization. So we wanted to get out into the field as quickly as possible and show that our system worked. And well, learn if it worked, to determine if it worked. And so we were very aggressive in doing that Um, last year. uh, We've done over 12 uh, different uh, pilot trials at scale in a variety of different markets. And and, in most markets, we're seeing great applications, great uh, results with our applications. So I think it was that combination of building off of what we had already going for us from from our biofuels uh, years. Um, being able to to really apply the learnings there very quickly and then be pretty aggressive in trying to get out there and, and showing the, the success at scale.
0: Let's dive in on the magnetic technology that you're talking mm-hmm. about. What does it do? How does it
1: work? The best analogy that I've heard is the chemistry that happens up front, the, the well-established wastewater treatment chemistry. Think of it like a sponge, right? So, we, th- this chemistry happens and we have these microscopic sponges that are floating around in the water. Then contaminants such as excessive algae, sediment, phosphorus, nitrogen actually get collected in these sponges. No big deal. That happens. That's been happening for, for quite a while. The really uh, fascinating and innovative part comes after that. So what we then do is in our system, we add something called magnetite. And magnetite is simply magnetic sand. and uh, naturally occurring. And in fact, uh, if you've ever been at a beach and if you've seen sort of the black stripes that occur in, in the sand, that's most likely magnetite. Um, so we, we we have these dirty sponges, if you will. We add magnetite. The magnetite sticks to these dirty sponges. Um, now these dirty sponges are magnetic. That that water then flows through our, uh, our magnetic separation um, system, um, which is for the simplest way to describe it is a series of vertical disks um, water will flow through. The magnetic dirty sponges now stick to these disks. Disks rotate. They're scraped off and disposed of. And out the backside, you have clean water that comes out. So that, that's the simplest explanation of, of the way the magnetic separator works. So what type of water is it that you're cleaning up? Who are you working for? There are three markets that we're really targeting. The first market is um, wastewater lagoons. Now, uh, nine, 10 months ago, I had no idea what a wastewater lagoon was. Um, And I'll I'll try not to get too far into the weeds here, Chris, in terms of sort of wastewater treatment uh, and all of that. But basically, a wastewater lagoon is one of the most common wastewater treatment systems in the United States, probably around the world. It's often used in smaller towns, rural towns. I mean, effectively, it's a series of ponds that you have. Sewage wastewater will come into one end of the pond. It will settle out. uh, You'll have biological activity that happens. It'll flow into another pond, more of the same, more of the same. And then ultimately, hopefully, coming out of the other side and, and going into, into a stream or a river, um, you'll have clean, cleaner water. Um, that's basically the concept. There are over 7,000 wastewater lagoons in the United States alone. Bad news is over 60% of these lagoons have had problems. Uh, over 60% have had a compliance issue in the last uh, couple of years. They have fine issues. Uh... They cannot operate or they're discharging illegally, and you have some issues there, obviously, uh, with water pollution. What we can do is we roll in with our system. If a, a living operator is having difficulty with their compliance uh, for discharge, we can roll in. Basically, trailer comes in. We have a hose that comes, you know, goes into the dirty water. Dirty water comes into our system. Clean water comes out the other side, and now they, we can help them get into a, a, a situation where whatever they're discharging is well within um, the compliance regulations. So That's the first market. Second market that we're looking at is more of an industrial application. We're working very closely with um, a great example of sort of other industrial applications. We're working with the Maryland Port Administration. The Port of Baltimore is a huge economic driver for Maryland, obviously. And annually, they have to dredge hundreds and thousands of acres of spoils from our shipping channels. They take these spoils and then they basically deposit them in these large open pits uh, that are hundreds of acres uh, wide. Water settles out, they take the solids and do something with the solids, whether it's backfill or whatever. But now they're stuck with this water. Um, this water that, that, before it can be discharged, has to meet certain EPA requirements, can't be discharged. Um, we've done some work with the, with the port. Um, we've gone and shown that our technology can clean it up. And in fact, Um, Hopefully, in literally in a matter of weeks, we'll be getting uh, finalizing a contract for going into for a paid phase two uh, trial with them Um, that could ultimately lead to uh, purchase of some equipment from us. So that's the second market. And by the way, that that problem is obviously not unique to Maryland. Wherever you have dredge spoils, you have commercial channels, commercial ports. Pretty nasty work that we've done there so far, but we have some real opportunities. Many of these plants use magnetite as part of their treatment process, um, and we have done some work that shows that we can improve their overall yield and recovery of the magnetite. Um, as well as early indications suggest that we may have uh, some technology that maybe a better mousetrap from from for some of the current technology that they're using. So again, early stages on that, but th- that's the the third major market, and so. Any one of these markets, we are confident that uh, we could build a, a really nice business for the company and for our investors, as well as do some real good for the environment. Can you tell me a little bit about how you charge for these services? What does what the business model look like? The current business model is really around is a service model. So it can be either you charge by the volume of water processed or by the amount of time we're on site. and our last paying gig, we, we did it uh, based on amount of time we were there. So basically said, hey, we're, you know we'll we'll get your water to this period you know, to, to this quality and it, we estimate it'll take a month. Um, and so we pay uh, based on that or we charge based on that. We also see that going forward. You know, again, you know many of these operations, um, for example, wastewater lagoons, uh, we'll have intermittent problems. So we certainly see a situation where we can come in, uh, operate our system for a given period of time, leave, and if they have more problems, we can come back or something like that. Um, our next phase that we see ultimately going with the business is moving from the service model into more of an equipment approach uh, where we sell the equipment. Um, uh, we think there's a very clear market for that. Um, the, the great piece about using the the service model is effectively um, you're out there servicing um very clearly prospective customers for people who can buy your equipment later. You, you're already building that portfolio of, of prospective uh, equipment purchasers down the road. So um, that's that's kind of how we see it progressing.
0: Is there any competitors out there doing something similar to what you're
1: doing today? I know it sounds uh, very questionable to say no. Um, not that we're aware of. Probably our biggest competition, particularly on you know some of the wastewater treatment side, are well-established large municipal wastewater treatment plants. So you're talking massive, uh, you know, multi-million dollar plants. That is probably our most immediate competitor. But obviously, um, for small towns or, or small communities where they may have a problem. Four or five, six months a year, um, and don't have the wherewithal or the the population to warrant or justify you know a large infrastructure purchase like that. That's our most immediate competitor that we're aware of. And willingness to pay in this space, you know, it
0: sounds like you'll be dealing with a lot of municipalities and things like that. I know a lot of times it can be hard to get budget out of those
1: types of organizations. There, there are a couple of angles to that, particularly on the service side. It's basically, do you pay? a fine or do you pay for a service? Not to be too cheeky about it, but but oftentimes it can come down to that. That's a big driver. I think the other piece too, is that many of these communities, they're looking for options and alternatives. They wanna do the right thing. Uh, and we've heard directly, uh, we, were, we were working with some folks out in Illinois and they basically said, look, we, we don't have a solution for this right now. We, we, we know, you know sometimes we have a discharge problem, I've got nothing. Um, and so they were really very pleased to see us come and work with us, um, so very supportive. That, that's basically, you know, what we've seen thus far. I think, you know, when you get into things where, for example, we're, we're talking about potentially treating um, large algal blooms, that gets to be a bit more challenging when you're talking about, you know, the state and you get a little bit of the finger pointing of, okay, well, who's actually going to write the check for this, um, you know, to, to come clean up our lake? Um, you know, it's very different when you're the operator of a of a facility and you're out of compliance. So I think that that helps a lot. So you're in your first year of kind of commercialization
0: of this new business line. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what your revenue traction
1: has looked like to date? We're still very early stage revenue i would probably even more classify us as pre-revenue we had one paying job last year um, working with a local community association for treatment of uh, one of their or three of their ponds and we are say the checks in the mail but we're also we are working with uh, the maryland port administration for um, a large paid project that we literally should be getting within any time now
0: nice and then would the plan b and a 2024 is the year where you really start to
1: commercialize and charge for these services across the board. Exactly. Exactly. And that so currently as as I'm sure you know we're in our startup raise our, our raise uh with StartEngine. The whole purpose of that raise is to generate some capital that will allow us to really build out and blow out our, our commercial activity. So build more machines um, and hire some more people to get out there and and uh, and capture the the potential that's been generated over the last uh 18 months. So if you think about the next kind
0: of 18 to 24 months, what does success look like for you uh, at Manta? A couple
1: of things. Number one, we have built out multiple systems that will allow us to go out and and really um, expand on our service model. Um, Our initial focus will be here and we're in Maryland, so sort of the mid-Atlantic region, Um, so that would be the first big thing. The second big thing would be geographic expansion sort of out west. Um, we've been in some conversations with, uh, contract wastewater treatment companies. Uh, basically, uh, they manage, you know, for example, we're talking to a, a company out in the Midwest and they effectively manage over a hundred different smaller wastewater treatment operations. Um, they would be a perfect partner for us to go in and say, Hey. Uh, we've got this technology, it can fix problems for your, for your current clients, um, as well as it can be an entry for future clients. Gotten good interest from, um, from a couple of folks in, in the Midwest, as well as on the West Coast. So that would be a path for us to expand our service business, um, much you know, much greater geography there. Um, and then, then we flow into really starting to build out our equipment sales capability. So once we sort of seed the market, we follow on with very solid equipment sales for us moving forward.
0: And last question for you, uh, is there a world where you do continue with the original technology of creating those biofuels as well? Is that part of the plan or is that really kind of being deprioritized for the time? being?
1: That's a great question. It is currently being deprioritized. Um, however, however, um, we do see a world that... Um, where we could start to leverage what we're what we're recovering, and um, some of these jobs um, as a source for biofuels. So, for example, um, the the port administration uh, that facility uh, they have a lot of algae in their water. Um, that could certainly it would make it, it could make economic sense for us to then use that as a source. And by the way, they're going to continue ha- to have a lot of algae in their water. That application would make sense for us to use that as a starting material, a feed material for us. Um, on the biofuel side. That actually you know, obviously changes the whole economic paradigm there because instead of paying to grow the algae, now we're getting paid to, to recover the algae that we can then apply for biofuels down the road. So obviously we'll figure out how everything is weighted from a cost perspective, but um, that could certainly be a path that we could pursue down the road for sure.
0: Understood. Well, Chris, thank you very, very much for your time today. Um, Obviously, this is a really interesting company, and I love the developments you're making to really commercialize and grow the business now. Um, And obviously, for those who are interested, uh, you could check them out at StartEngine if you uh, would like to partake and invest in their current round of funding. Chris, thank you so very much again for your time and your insights, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to use the same tools I do to find amazing founders like the ones I have on the show to power your investment decisions, you can head on over to kingscrowd.com startups to try out our edge toolkit for 30 days free.